Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Ken Solomon. Thanks for joining us once again here at Roland Garros for our 17th year, partnering with our friends at the French Tennis Federation to bring you one of the greatest sporting and cultural events in the world. And this year is extra special as we're also celebrating Tennis Channel's 20th anniversary as your year-round tennis home. We started with a simple and many said crazy mission to make enjoying the world's tennis ball fun and accessible every day. Since then, through relentless innovation, we've sought to continually harness the newest technologies and the brightest minds to immerse you in this wonderful year-round sport, whether at home or on the go. But we also understand that the speed of all this media evolution can be a little bit intimidating. I mean, with so many cool new tools to help you enjoy the game these days, sometimes even I lose track of how everything fits together. So here's how it all works to make things even easier for you to have tennis 24-7 your own way. It all starts here at our state-of-the-art TC Expo Studios in Santa Monica. There's really nothing in the world quite like this custom-designed tennis TV-making marvel. Here at our global home, we're always working to find new ways to make this crazily complicated and oh-so-fabulously addictive world of tennis fit into your life more easily. Depending on how you like to watch, Tennis Channel on TV is now really three very different but fully complementary channels, each designed to be enjoyed either alone or in combination. For instance, suppose it's day one as a Tennis Channel subscriber. Once again, you'll see everything that's happening at Roland Garros all day and night and focus on the key matches picked by our award-winning team, like Carlos and Sasha, right here on center court, Philippe Chatrier. Or, let's say you don't have Tennis Channel just yet, but you just got a new Samsung Smart TV or YouTube TV subscription. You're surfing their free channels, and boom, there's T2. Our all-new free second tennis channel that brings you live and select encore matches not featured on Tennis Channel. Like, for example, Coco and Sloan Stevens, right here on Court Suzanne Langland. Now everyone can sample the best live tennis 24-7 for free. We're talking over 100 live matches on T2 this year alone. That's more free coverage of Roland Garros than ever in the history of TV. And since we know you already subscribe to Tennis Channel, T2 is now your perfect complement, allowing you to jump back and forth between two awesome match lineups seamlessly. Suppose you already have Tennis Channel or T2, but like us, you just gotta have it all. Enter the TC Plus app that puts you in control of every pro match not on Tennis Channel or T2 and more with thousands of the world's greatest live and on-demand matches. Wherever you are and whenever you're ready, but even I can't keep up with tennis's year-long, ever-changing schedule. 
That's why we've completely rebuilt Tennis.com to be the ultimate live tennis website and app. It's your TV guide of tennis. And guess what? It's free, too. Just go to Tennis.com. There's simply nowhere else in the world you can instantly and easily navigate every event. One touch gets you real-time draws, live scores, rankings, start times, match replays, and our award-winning storytelling. And our Hall of Fame team will keep telling those stories using the newest technology and latest platforms, including some that aren't even fully developed yet. You can watch everything on one device or on as many as you want. We're device agnostic. We make it work for you, whatever you like best. Because we're always innovating soon, you and your avatar will be able to visit one place to access it all at the same time on any single device. During the BNP Paribas Open in March, we tested the first tennis metaverse prototype. Walk the grounds, shop for gear and equipment, grab a bite, pop into the studio, or play the pros yourself at your favorite tournament. It's not quite ready for you yet, but when it is, you'll have one digital interface for you and your tennis needs. And you'll get to do it all from your tablet, your desktop, your phone, or from your VR goggles. Wow, these things are so realistic. Oh, wait, we really are back in Paris. Now that's VR. Hopefully we've illustrated what we're doing to make tennis easier and more accessible than ever. It's been an amazing journey with you during the past two decades, and we cannot wait to see what comes next. You know, it's funny, but in many ways, it's entirely possible the tennis channel that you see today never happens unless we come here to Paris in 2007. Tennis Channel, T2, Tennis Channel Plus, Tennis.com, and the rest, they all trace their roots to Roland Garros. Back then, a single sport network showing a Grand Slam event was unheard of. In fact, everything I've talked about today was unheard of. And today, perhaps more than anything that we've accomplished so far, we love that this next generation of tennis fans takes it all for granted, as if it were simply meant to be. And you know what? Perhaps it was. And for that, we're grateful to those who helped us get here over the years. Our sponsors, cable and satellite TV partners, the French Tennis Federation, the tours, the tournaments, the governing bodies, and most of all, you. Whether you've been part of our Tennis Channel family for 20 years or you're just getting to know us, we're thrilled that you're with us here at Roland Garros, and we look forward to sharing this wonderful sport with you for the next 20 years. Wouldn't it be fitting in the same year that the 14-time winner of this event stepped off the stage that the young 20-year-old Spaniard could possibly step onto it? Djokovic Alvarez, we've only seen it once in history. Djokovic is trying to do something that no man has ever done before. Into the final four here at Roland Garros. Kasparovic is through. The tournament's not over. Hopefully I have two more matches ahead. What a remarkable resurgence in form it has been here for Sasha's very... There's certainly reasons to believe he could put his hands on this trophy.
less than an hour away from the biggest match of the year. Welcome to this semifinal Friday edition of TC Live at Roland Garros. We are presented all week by our friends at LoopNet. And in a city that houses some of the world's most famous works of art, we find one established master hoping to add to his historic collection, facing a young modern artist with contemporary strokes of genius. Today, Roland Garros provides a fresh canvas for this generational clash. It's Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz playing each other for the first time all season with a spot in the Roland Garros final on the line. And then it's Kasper Ruud and Alexander Zverev looking to find their own glory as three of the top four seeds have made it to the final four. Players arriving on site this morning. There's Novak Djokovic. He's won 19 matches in a row at majors, dating back to Roland Garros last year. A two-time champ, just two wins away from that record-breaking 23rd major singles title. Carlitos arriving on site. He's got his own streak, 12 matches in a row at majors, dating back to his title at the U.S. Open. A win today will guarantee he stays at number one in the world rankings. Welcome on to our Tennis Channel FanDuel desk. We are so excited. Steve Weissman, Chanda Rubin, Paul Anacone, John Wertheim. want to welcome all our viewers watching on YouTube TV. You can find Tennis Channel and T2 on YouTube TV. And we're going to have another guest later in the show. The Hall of Famer Andy Roddick going to join us to break down this big matchup. But let's get right to it. We are minutes before the biggest match of the year, Chanda. What are your thoughts right now on Alcaraz Djokovic? I mean, this is the one we've been looking forward to. And we wondered if they'd both get there. Certainly Djokovic, we had a few questions about him coming into this tournament physically. But he has risen to the occasion, has gotten better and better with each match. Alcaraz, we kind of knew the form that he was in with the titles that he's won coming into this year's Roland Garros, but would he be able to sustain it? Would he be able to go one step or even a few steps further than last year? But he has not disappointed. This kid has it all, and he's in the ascendancy. Is this going to be the moment where he plays for a Roland Garros title? This is what we're looking forward to finding out. Yeah, it's one of those moments. While they've only met one time before, it was in Madrid last year. And it was the youngster who came out on top. Yeah, it sure was. And look, it's very rare that we have this pre-tournament hype we've been talking about. Oh, if they just get to the semis, that actually happens. Yeah. And it happened. And uh, it's going to be an amazing day. And they did play one time before in Madrid, and that was all about Carlitos. Right? He played some terrific tennis. He was able to play wonderfully all week, beat Rafa and Novak. And he was just too offensive, too much variety. The human highlight reel did not bore us. He was it's just so exciting on the court. Remember, Madrid's a little bit quicker. There's altitude there, and it makes the ball go through the air a little bit more quickly, allows you to finish points more easily. And the big difference, guys, this is three out of five sets. This is where the Masters love to play the Young Bucks. Can you sustain it for three out of five sets? So it is going to be a lot of questions from Novak Djokovic, and I can't wait to see the Young Masters see if he can answer them. It's interesting, Paul, because Alcaraz won that match in a third set tiebreak. Djokovic here at Roland Garros this year, 5-0 in tiebreaks, 47 points, zero unforced errors. Keep that in mind as this match progresses. John, they also both come in just one loss of a set. Just one set apiece having lost. They really committed to this bit because, again, we circled this match as soon as the draw came out. Not only did they each win the required five matches, but they played well to do it. And sort of 
accentuated their strengths. We see Alcaraz only lost that one set to Taro Daniel that was way back in the second round, and he, as advertised, brought this athletic, muscular tennis to bear, just absolutely cruised his last two matches. He's playing top 20 players, and he's making it looks like a tennis lesson that you see. Potentially tricky matches from Djokovic. What did he do? He brought his experience to bear. He played well when he needed to. These mental strengths that can be harder to quantify, but you know it when you see it. That has characterized his run to the semis. I think you make a great point, though, Paul. Best of five is really a variable here. It certainly is. Alcaraz, youngest, reached the semifinals here since Novak Djokovic. Much more on that matchup coming up, but let's get to the women's semifinals from yesterday because they were absolutely sensational. Starting with Arena Sabalenka and Karolina Muchova, Paul. Sabalenka hadn't dropped a set all tournament until meeting the Czech star. Yeah, this was uh, this was so exciting to watch. It was, I think I said it was heartwarming and heartbreaking. This is all about sports, folks. One-on-one -on -one sports, there is no place to hide. And after that first set that Muchova got through, Sabalenka went nowhere. She fought hard. The tennis was an extremely high level. Power tennis at its best. And Sabalenka just played a little bit more solid in this tiebreak. Trusted herself, used those big power groundies. You hear the scream there. That is all about excitement. And this is where it all went south. 5-2 break point for match point for Sabalenka. Kuvova said, not yet. I'm fighting every point. Sabalenka, a couple of unforced errors, a couple of good shots. And all of a sudden, about 10 minutes later, 20 out of 24 points at the end from Mukova, and she did an incredible job to turn the tide. I hate to see that happen to any athlete, but for that woman, Mukova did such a great job. She deserves it. She was a perfect five for five on break points, both a collapse and comeback for the ages. Mukova into her first major final. And Sabalenka's lost chance, a guarantees top seed Iga Swiatek will stay world number one, facing Brazilian Beatriz Haddad Maia, who had never been past the second round at a major before this event. Yeah, we wondered how Haddad Maia would come out, had had some long matches coming into this one, but she broke Swiatek the first game, we knew we had a match. But this is where Swiatek was able to turn things around at two all in that first set, won the last four games of the set fairly cleanly. And this is the, usually the time where Sviantec kind of keeps it moving. But Haddad Maya stopped her in her tracks, got all the way to the tiebreak, had a set point at 6-5. But Sviantec really showing her class, showing why she has been the world number one for so long. Haddad Maya did not go away for terrific shot making right at the end. But Sviantec just held her ground, held her nerve and kept going after it. And the forehand at the very end of this match, doing a lot of damage, able to get that side spin to swing it off the court. And then here, saw her opening and took it, Sviantek. This was a huge win. Hard fall at the very end, but gets it done in straight sets. Sviantek still has not dropped a set this fortnight into her third Roland Garros final. Fourth youngest to do that behind Celis, Groff, and Everett. Pretty good company to keep if you're Iga Sviantek. So let's look at our FanDuel match preview for this final, John. Mokova actually won their only previous meeting, but Sviantek was 17 years old, ranked 95 in the world. Look at that, though.
heavy timber, as we say, uh, the defending champion. Uh, I would not read much into that previous meeting. Ego is barely a junior, and I would not read much into the fact that Mufo has never been to a major final. Guys, listen to this. Five times in the last five years, a first-time WTA finalist has played in a major and beaten a veteran finalist. So I think she'll meet the moment. I think the big question here might be Bufova's legs. She's such an athletic, good defensive player, but she has played so much tennis more than three hours yesterday, more than 12 hours for the event, less than 48 hours to recover. I think she's got a real shot. I think she wins at least a set, but I just worry about her durability. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to start making every moment more. John talks about the legs, Chanda. Mukhova said after the match, she's been through so many injuries. Doctors actually told her at one point, maybe she should consider not playing sports anymore. Talk about an inspirational story. Left the court last year in a boot. Now one win away from the title. Uh, how do you see this final going? Well, think about how much we would have missed, Steve, if she did not pick up a racket again. So we are thankful that she kept going. She's such a, a dynamic player to watch. She's got so many shots in her tool bag. And I think that is part of what can trouble Sviantec, if only a little bit. The fact that she can go to the slice. She can also move of us. She can hit flat and hit with pace. And I think also her ability to transition into the net. That's going to be huge. How many times can she get in? That worked very effectively against Sabalenka, and it's also the go-to plays she used at the very end of the match. So can she bring that into play as often as possible? I think that gives her the best shot. She also steps up, Paul, against the best players. 5-0 and against top three players in her career. Yeah, she's not afraid. I mean, one of the things I look forward to seeing with players is how they meet the moment. What do you do in the biggest moments of your career? And this is one of those. And, and for me, from, from Muhova, this match is all about her mind. John talked about the fuel tank. The fuel tank isn't there. The mind's got to do special things. She showed us great composure yesterday, the ability to trust her game. I just wonder if she's got enough in that fuel tank. If the mind's there, she can keep it close. We'll see if Sviantec even gives her a chance, though. Uh, on this court, she can be unstoppable at times. We'll have a full TC Live to lead up to the women's final tomorrow. And, of course, much more on Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz coming up top of the hour. Plus, the North American double semifinal featuring three Americans, one Canadian. That didn't disappoint. Highlights on the way. On the 20th anniversary of winning Roland Garros, our tennis story features Juan Carlos Ferrero's transition from playing to coaching. And Hall of Famer Andy Roddick joins the party from Parts Unknown. What does he have to say about Alcaraz and Djokovic? Find out when TC Live returns. TC Live at Roland Garros is presented by LoopNet, the most popular place to find a space. TC Live from Roland Garros presented by LoopNet. Carlos Alcaraz in the gym. He tweeted early this morning four emojis, a brain, a heart, and two eggs. They signify what his grandfather told him years ago, the keys to victory, cabeza, corazon, and cojones. In addition to the three Cs, Alcaraz also has JC in his corner. And John Wertheim has the story of Carlitos, famous coach. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. There is, of course, no major tennis event held in Spain. But you can make the case that the Spaniards have colonized the French. Before this guy won 14 times on the clay of Paris, this guy always held up Roland Garros as the title to win. 2003, before the final, you're one of the favorites. You're playing a guy who's nobody's heard of. What, what is that like? It's a lot of pressure. Everybody was thinking that I had to win that one because it was 2001 semis, 2002 final, and then I have a very good chance to win. So, you know, all together it comes with pressure. But yeah, the day arrives and uh, you have to do exactly the same as the other days. It was one of the moments that uh, even today I can remember that it was yesterday. The transition sometimes from athletes, from retiring to figure out what to do next, can be very tough. You seem Absolutely. to have done this very smoothly. I mean, uh, I think uh, Half the Academy was my easy exit, let's say. Not every kid here is going to be Carlos Alcaraz, but you have college players, you have some very good juniors. I think everyone wants to be a professional, but not everyone is going to reach it. It's also a way to grow up as a person. It's not only you evolve sport. as a human being. Yeah, yeah, it's not only sport and success. You know, you, you know, respect for our players and discipline is something for life. With his academy established, Ferrero began training various players with designs of making a mark on the pro circuit. And then, a teenager from nearby Murcia set foot on the grounds. Tell us the origins, the beginning of your relationship with, with Carlos. I met him when he was 12 or 13 here. He was playing in the tournament. People came to me and told me that there's a boy that uh, plays, let's say, different. Uh, a lot of drop shots, uh, going to the net, and uh, very, let's, let's say, dynamic on the court. But also didn't think as maybe Rafa that he's going to be, you know, in the future. But of course you think, oh, come on, it's different. He plays good. Let's see. What's the hardest part about coaching Carlos? Warning him about all the dangers that, uh, you know, is around him. Being number one in the world, there's a lot of people that uh, he wants to be close on him. But on the court and off the court, it's, it's been easy. Uh, we have the same culture. Uh, it's very important. We, we both are Spanish and we think in the same way. Do you see some of yourself reflected in, in Carlos? He's different than me. He's very difficult and like very focused all the time, very strict as I said, and he's more like, you know, relaxed. He's so much more powerful about physically, but I'm not trying to make him play as I was playing because he's different. It's King Carlos, who reigns supreme in California. He's described you before as almost like a second father. How, how do you describe your relationship with him? I mean, it's like my fourth kid. I have three kids at home, and I is uh, the fourth. You know, I love the situation that, that we create. 
because they're not only coaching coach and player, and we, we create something more. You respect each other? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Casual fan hears about a Spanish player, and it's always, oh, it's the next Nadal. And the, I, I wonder, how is he different from Nadal? Uh, it's Carlos. It's Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, he, uh, of course, I think for the people now, it has to be a new dream. I'll do whatever I can, but of course, it's very difficult to, you know, to win 22 Grand Slams. It's it's almost impossible to think, but at the same time, you can see Carlos, how far he dreams, and I don't want to say that uh, he can reach that that high, but I think it's gonna be it's gonna be high. Well done, John. Right now, coach and fourth child tied with one major title. Both got to number one in the world. Carlitos still six career titles behind JC, but uh, that may not last very long as you see what Juan Carlos Ferrero was able to accomplish. Longer version of John's piece will be available on all of Tennis Channel's social media channels, so look forward to that. That was awesome, John. And now we welcome in the fifth member of our TC Live squad, the great Andy Roddick, joining us from somewhere. We're not sure where. Great to see you, Andy. Uh, obviously, you know JC pretty well. 5-0 and against him in your career, including that U.S. Open title. What about him as a player makes him such a great coach? Well, well, listen, first of all, congrats to John. I was actually texting him during that piece. I saw some clips uh, earlier today. Uh, I felt more... Uh, you know, emotional watching JCF during that interview and hearing him talk about Carlos with this heartfelt emotion, more so than he almost did about himself when he was actually playing. So great job by John kind of getting to the meat of their relationship was a, was a pleasure to watch. But listen, Juan Carlos Ferrero might not have had the biggest serve. I don't know that he was ever the fastest guy on court, but he gave, he was there every single day, right? He was not going to give it to you, was not going to make bad decisions, was not going to put himself in positions that weren't advantageous to him. So, I mean, there's so many parts of it that you think would make a great coach, but also he needed the player. We see a lot of these celebrity coaches join someone. When someone's already 22 or 23, they're a made player. They just need that next step. Juan Carlos Ferreira jumped on this kid when he was 13, 14, 15 years old, as a former number one, and committed his full schedule to him. That's not nothing, and uh, you, you love to see relationships like this uh, bear the success, uh, you know, uh, of, of that investment. That's yeah, a beautiful story, Andy. And Paul, as somebody who's made a similar transition, what impresses you the most about Ferrero as a coach? Well, look, one of the most tricky things for great players is to be able to coach without thinking everything is the foundation of how they did it. You know, you, I think all, all really good coaches figure out ways to absorb information, to filter it, use their tremendous experience as a player, and then filter it to the player the way they need to hear it. And, and when you listen to the humility and the grace of Juan Carlos Ferrero and the way that he backs up all that information with, with experiential stuff, it's absolutely invaluable. You see his composure, you hear his wisdom, you, you, you know exactly what he did as a player, and he's been able to transform that, and he's been able to push it on uh, to Carlitos. And, you know, it's amazing to see that, but to see a 20-year-old like Carlitos this composed, now we know why. John, tell us some stuff that, that we didn't see. Obviously, that piece was condensed. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is about the place, that uh, this is not a luxury academy on the beach. I, I said it's like saying, well, are you training in Miami? No, not Miami. L.A.? No, not L.A. I'm, I'm in Arkansas. This is like a, a boot camp in the middle of the woods, and I think it says a lot about both players, but I think it says a lot about Carlos in particular. This is where he would choose to train. It's all about the work. 
No one's going there for the views or the pools or the suntans. I mean, this is all about tennis and getting better. Pretty awesome. And we saw a 15-year-old Darwin Blanche trains yeah. at J.C. Ferrero's Academy, made the semifinals of the junior event here at Roland Garros. All right, we're breaking down Alcaraz, Djokovic, much more. We're using Hawkeye, all sorts of technology for this one. I mean, we are constantly in awe of Carlitos pulling off these incredible shots. Our experts will explain just how he does it next. Alcaraz is uh, a very complete player already. It reminds me of someone from his country, you know, that plays with left hand. Welcome to the show. Carlitos very much in the house. Alcaraz is a human highlight reel. It's victory for Novak Djokovic. Textbook Novak Djokovic. And he is once again into the semifinals at Roland Garros. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. We both are playing a great level, so I'm really looking forward to that match. Definitely the biggest challenge for me so far in the tournament. He's definitely a guy to beat here, so I'm looking forward to that. It's Alcaraz against Djokovic on Tennis Channel, and that's all you need to know. Couldn't have said it better, Petsch. Amazing. This is what's at stake for Novak Djokovic. The all-time major title leader on the men's side. If he raises the trophy at Roland Garros for a third time, he would stand alone at 23, passing Ralph Nadal, who's won this title 14 times. Well, Carlos Alcaraz, the youngest man to ever be ranked number one in the world. And Novak Djokovic has spent more weeks at the top than anyone in history. Those are the facts Let's get to the analysis. Paul, uh, what do you have for us on this? Well, look, the biggest problem when you play Novak Djokovic is how do you finish the point? And even the bigger problem is how do you finish it three out of five sets? That's tough. Novak is so good at making you hit extra balls and making you find ways to win points. He just runs side to side. He makes you hit one extra ball. Then the target gets smaller, and every ball you hit, the target shrinks. So before you know it, you go to a place that basically doesn't exist anymore. You know, that's why you can't just play lateral tennis. He wins points like this and basically takes your legs from you and uses your lungs. So when you hit balls wide to Novak, this is what happened in the Hatchinoff match. When you look at these numbers, he's winning 66% outside the singles line uh, in the backhand corner and 59 when he's outside the singles line in the forehand corner. That's tough. That means you can't just play lateral tennis. The good news is you have to figure out ways to beat him. And that's why we brought Andy Roddick on the show. Over to you, Andy. Yeah, I mean, I, this stat is shocking, Paul. This is great stuff. I, I would love to know what the average is when you get extended beyond the sidelines on the singles court. I got to guess that you win maybe 30% of those. And to have Novak kind of double that. Uh, but one of the interesting points that you made uh, while we were on break, Paul, is that Hatchinoff actually won 50% of points that he hit drop shots. And we all know... Uh, I, I hate to be hyperbolic and a victim of the moment. I think Carlos already has the best drop shot that I've ever seen personally. So it's going to be a real chess match to see when he chooses to employ that uh, against Novak. We know Novak, he's like the game Pong, right? He's just going to get it back and he goes into like uber squeeze mode. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how Carlos navigates that. I think he's going to have to go big to Novak's forehand more often than and earlier than than he normally does when he gets that forehand. But I cannot wait for this one. Novak? 
also is not – I don't think he's going to change direction on the backhand side as often as he normally does. I think he's going to try to pound it through the court to Carlos's backhand and create those backhand-to-backhand matchups because that's the one that's an obvious win for Novak at this point in their careers. Well, the best drop shot Andy Roddick has ever seen yep. – Carlitos Alcaraz. Uh, what else does Alcaraz do that's so special? Well, look, we know that Alcaraz is a human highlight reel, right? Every time we watch him play, he comes up with stuff that we don't really see very often. And Carlitos comes up with things that you just clap and you drop your jaw on the table at because it's so much fun to watch. The thing that he does so well with his drop shot is he's also taking your time away. He finds ways to get up to the baseline. He finds ways to steal your time. So he hits through you, gets you on your heels, and that's why he's won 88 out of 109 drop shot attempts during this tournament. So he's going to have to figure out either how to back up Novak or bring him forward or get him on the width. And he can do that because he'll steal the court position and he can come forward. And while he does that, we also get to watch the human highlights and just keep watching the drool come out of the side of our mouth because he's something special. And do you see anything else that's different than that? Well, listen, a couple of questions that I'm curious to get your opinion on is, uh, where is Novak going to return from? What's his return position going to be? He's been backing up maybe more than normal uh, during this during this tournament, but is he going to want to give Alcaraz that extra time to kind of unload, or is he going to play forward and try to rush Carlos on his second serve? Conversely, Carlos is going to get a lot of time. He's going to he's going to rip Novak's second serve. I'm not sure Novak can actually get away from that. Uh, so those are a couple of things. But what Alcaraz is able to do from the spread parts of the court reminds me of a guy named Novak. Uh, Carlos, a little bit more of a heart rate monitor at this point in his career. He's going to have more winners. He's going to have more airs. I'm curious to see how his ball speed will affect Novak uh, today. But there, there, there are just so many things uh, to see. But uh, what do you think about Novak's return position? Where should he be and where do you think he will be? Yeah, it's a great point. And the biggest thing that's a variable today as the rest of the tournament, it's pretty breezy. So one side of the court to the umpire's left has generally been into a pretty strong breeze. So it's going to be tough to figure out what position is going to be successful into that win. So I think Novak's going to be jockeying for a position to figure out where he's most successful into the win. And I think Carlitos is going to be doing the same thing. Um, I think it's really important for Carlitos to remember this is three out of five sets. This is a long time to be a highlight reel. You have to turn it into a full-length motion picture. So that's <laughs> going to be the question that he's going to have to answer today. Yes, it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And by the way, there is another semifinal today. I know we're all amped on Alcaraz Djokovic, but it's a pretty good one. Kasper Ruud and Alexander Zverev, Andy. And we talked about it with Karolina Mukhova earlier in the show, but same thing for Sasha. Last year, leaves Court Philippe Chatrier on a wheelchair. This year, he's back into the semifinals again. How impressive is that for you? Uh, very impressive. And I, I didn't see this coming even three weeks ago. Uh, you, you knew that. I, you kind of felt like he was going to get back to that level at some point. Early in his clay court season, it didn't look like it was maybe going to be this year uh, on this clay. But credit to him for just grinding, putting in the paces. Uh, with, with respect to Sasha, he looked very ordinary in, in Australia, and rightfully so coming off of that injury this year. has been lighting up the stat sheet with more errors than normal. His movement this tournament has completely turned a corner, and we often forget he was giving Rafa all that he could handle last year when, when he went down. Uh, the, the, the big thing for me in this matchup is Kasper Ruud is able to create so many RPMs on the ball. On most people, uh, it gets up and away pretty good. Sasha handles the balls up and away very well and oh by the way you can't teach six foot seven or six foot six or whatever the heck these guys are these days paul 
Yeah, look, it's going to be really interesting. It's been really impressive to watch the great movement of Zverev. He's a great mm -hmm. lateral mover as well. One of the things that I'm interested to see from Kasper Ruud's side is he going to start to use all those RPMs and turn it into width, right? Is he going to use the short forehand off the court to get Zverev out of position and not just try to hit through him. You've got to create width with the short forehand angle and the short backhand angle. The rest of the points are going to try to be really lateral, I think, from both players. But from what I've seen from Zverev, just to see him moving like this without the scar tissue from last year, it's been remarkable. Kasper Root's done a great job. He has built up his year because he didn't start off great, but he's a true professional. This kid is really composed. He gets it, and it's going to be war between these two guys. It's 2-1 head-to-head for Zverev. First time they're meeting on clay. Andy, who are your winners today, both matches? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I, I, think, I think I like Zverev uh, in the match against Rude, just from what I've seen. His serve seems to be getting through the court uh, okay. I, I'm a little nervous about him leaving that forehand, kind of sitting in the middle of the court on that cross-court ball and letting Casper get a hold of it. Uh, gosh, and this Carlos and uh, Novak one, I've been thinking about it all day. I still don't have a confident answer. For me, at this point, it's still hard to bet against Novak in the three out of five format. So the, the, the easiest predictor of the future is history, and I think I'm going to bet on that. But I could easily go 0 for 2, uh, no problem today, Steve. I would put zero stock into what I'm saying. Yeah, listen, I, I, I kind of agree with both of your picks there. But it could, it could go either way. Uh, awesome having you on the show, Andy, and uh, enjoy watching this match. I sure will. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, we got a lot more still to come here on TC Live. A reminder, TC Live at Roland Garros, your pregame show on championship weekend to get you set for both of the finals, Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. Eastern. Back to final thoughts and the walkouts next. Walkouts, but first time for our Luke Net Binding Space winning point, John. Who do we have here? Ooh, I think that's Lindsay Ann Davenport, the woman in the pants. Um, the French Open prevented her from getting a career major Grand Slam, but she can play on the clay and look at that. Match point, a little hold off, and then watch the forehand finding the real estate past Tatiana Golovan. She advances. Pinpoint stroke X there is birthday. You still got it, LD. She's going to be that. so mad that we're going <laughs> it, but I'm here for it. But you I found the face. You know, you found a face like that, you expect to be on the highlight. That was a, that was a comeback wow. win for them. Even this big one. Yeah. Women's double semifinals. Rematch from the Miami final this year. Coco Golf, Jesse Bagula taking on Taylor Townsend, Layla Fernandez. And they got that first set. Six wow. love. I mean, they came out hot and firing and didn't let up. That time up the middle. Solves the riddle. I've heard that before. Nice. I kind of wanted to say <laughs> nice it. But, but a little variety. Um, Fernandez and Townsend, that lefty spin, it was hard for Golf and Pagula on this red clay to kind of get a handle on things. And Taylor at the net, closing it out. And this is what it means to get to a major final. And they. Taylor, at least, has done it again. Yeah, she did it at the U.S. Open before. Now, first time here at Roland Garros. Last year with Madison Keys. She lost against Coco and Jesse. But look at that. 
Sometimes you go with plus money. I, I learned that from Andy Roddick, by the way. Record, though. I know. 33 and 18. That's awesome. What are you, what are you doing today? Oh, you're going plus money again, I'm the underdog. Going, I'm going. I got to go with plus money. Thank you, Andy, for the tips. Um, I'm going to put five on it again. <laughs> Novak Djokovic. You know, I picked him to get to the final on this side of the draw. I'm going to, you know, go with it. I think he'll have just a little too much in the three out of five set uh, matchup. But... You know, Alcaraz, of course, he's the favorite. I, Wait, I just got to go plus money. You, you say that like it's a given. Are, are you all surprised that Alcaraz is the favorite? Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because Novak's Novak. It's three to five sets. Uh, last time I checked, I think he's gotten to the quarterfinals with better here 17 times. <laughs> Won it a couple times. It's tough for me to bet against that's, him. That's for the record. That, that quarterfinal run, that's more than Nadal. Now, you, you would think that 22 majors might accrue you some uh, some goodwill, especially since they are best of five matches. No disrespect to Alcaraz. No, no. Alcaraz has that's been the betting wild, favorite though, throughout the entire won. tournament yeah. to win it all, to win this match. Amazing. Right. Yeah. And you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think... In this case, for once, Novak Djokovic is slightly the underdog, just, you know, in recent form and the way Alcaraz is playing, even the game style. He's won 35 clay court matches, 10 more than Djokovic. He's won some events. So I think that's fair, and I'm happy with it because I get to go plus money. That's there you go. go. That's, that's, that's right. Still my joy. <laughs> some more, some more chanda bucks out there. All right, so we know who Andy picked. He, he's going Novak. Paul, who's your pick? I'm um, going Novak. Okay. Well, no, that many sets. Five sets. I'm going to say that it's going to be a five-setter. Okay, going the Ooh. distance. How about Novak and four? Novak and four. How many okay. sets you got, Chanda? Since I you're... think it'll go the distance. Okay. Yeah. Five sets. With the young buck, toughing him out in five. Isn't this great, though? Chanda, I like it. We're, we're five minutes away, and we're still, no one has any idea. No idea. That's why we got uh, some good people up in the booth about to let everybody in. Yeah, I mean, right? you can see the atmosphere walking in today. It was just a different sense, right? I mean, the, the, everybody for this match has been looking forward to it for two weeks, and it's not that often that we, we get it to work out. No, it's not often at all. It's tennis. I mean, things can happen all along the way. We saw so many upsets and surprise wins uh, from players, but this one, this has been blue chip these two players Alcaraz and Djokovic and we are so pleased we get to see this matchup on this big of a stage who's the win going to affect Norchenda yeah, I think Alcaraz may hope for a little more calm you know on a no, day like Novak today too, though, right? Novak, Novak doesn't want a windy day no player really does but if we have to kind of I, I split think hairs Alcaraz has so much work on his ball it's going to affect detrimentally Novak a little bit more. He's going to have to, Novak's ball's a little flatter. It's going to be easier to keep in the strike zone. And with Alcaraz's ability to move forward and backward and use those RPMs, 
I think it's going to be a little trickier for Novak to track it down. But that's why I went five sets mm. Novak but that's a good point. four. Yeah. You've convinced me, Paul. I I'm on your side now. I'm going <laughs> to join the debate team right after this tournament. What about the crowd? Because we've seen them really back Carlitos all tournament. Does that help him? Or the fact that Novak loves kind of being the guy fighting against everyone? Everybody wants to be loved, don't they? Oh, come on. This, this crowd can be a little fickle. We'll see if the player they start rooting for is the one they end rooting for. Not often that Novak Djokovic will get introduced first. It is the lower-ranked player that gets introduced first. John, you notice Carlitos in the background looks a little like Rafa. I was going to say, there's another Spaniard who used to do that right when they uh, was in that same spot. As Djokovic walks up the steps, he can look to the sides and see his own name as a former champion here. He's won 19 of his last 20 major semifinals. That dates back to the start of 2015. Dan Djokovic looking to reach his 34th major final. This is 70th major play. Almost half. What a legacy for the Serbian superstar. And there is Carlitos. Just 20 years old. First Roland Garros semifinal. As he walks up the stairs onto court, Philippe Chatrier. He's won seven of his last eight matches against top five players. And that stretches back to Miami of last year. Generational battle with historic stakes. Alcaraz and Djokovic exclusively on Tennis Channel. Coming up next.